Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. And you know what else is wonderful? Hey, hey, baby, you have our money, don't you worry. It's Max Fun Drive Time, and I thought that we could pitch that as the theme song to Max Fun and see what they thought about it. Hey, Griffin. Hey. You know what I heard? What? I heard it's a Max Fun Drive. Did you hear that? Bullshit. Oh, come on. That happens in February. You're always a skeptic. But I promise this is not a boy who cried wolf situation. This is a girl who cried fun drive and it's true. I can't believe you call me a skeptic. Just because I think the earth is <laughs> hollow. And I believe in a month called February that is a secret month between March and April. I cannot believe you just said that on our love show that we do. And people are like, you're so in love. <laughs> it is max fun drive time though and uh it's the most wonderful time of year because uh you get to show your support for this stuff that you like which uh, hopefully if you're listening to this show you know includes us uh and uh you can you can support us directly uh by going to maximumfund.org slash donate and uh given uh you know an, an amount that you feel comfortable giving to us monthly uh, and because of the support, uh, we've been doing uh, some some version of McElroy shows have been on the network for eight years now. This is our eighth Max Fun yeah. Drive, which is wild. And because of the support we've gotten, uh, you know, we've been able to turn this into full time careers. So, um, yeah, your support has changed our lives. And if you are a new listener or maybe you're listening to more shows, uh, you know, we hope you think about donating. For sure. It's 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 something that we don't ask for um, most of the time. But once a year, we designate a little time to say, hey, thanks for listening. Would you consider helping us out? Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk more about like the pledge gifts you can get and all kinds of stuff uh, a little bit later on. But before we get to that, hey, Rachel, you got any small wonders? Uh-oh. I always see that there's a look that Rachel gives <laughs> me that I know she doesn't have a small wonder. Um. I did not plan one, but let me tell you what I am grateful for when I finish the sentence and the end of the sentence is coming. So I'm going to say. Oh, starts with an S. (laughs) It definitely starts with an S. I can tell you that much for sure. (laughs) You go first. Okay. I got two. One got some new keycaps in from a keyboard. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. It's like a like a sunset gradient. Yeah. Uh, going from the top keys to the space bar. It's beautiful. I'm uh, wild about it. Uh, and number two, I got to go to uh, FSU earlier this week, the week we were recording yeah. this, and do a lecture for the students there. And it, uh, it was really great. I've never done anything like that before. And, That's uh, so cool. Uh, there were some nice, thoughtful questions, and it went it went so good. And it was nice to, you know, talk to young, young folks. It was good. I liked it. Did it, it make you think that you talk to me all the time and I never pay you for it? I did actually have that talk, and I have an invoice that I've been meaning actually <laughs> to send your way. Uh, do you have a small wonder now, finally? I do, finally now. Um, our son has started to learn colors. Uh-huh. Uh, and a lot of times he just walks around pointing stuff out. And it's just like I'm watching the whole world in front of him, like, explode. Because yeah. Because he's just like, he recognizes that things are things and that they also have colors. And properties. So he'll point yeah. at stuff and he'll be like, green. Like, it's just occurring to him. Like, this is a thing. And also it has a color. And it's, it's the rad. best. He's also learned recently um, defiance. Well, yeah, that's not so wonderful. That part is rough. I came up with a name for it, though. Okay. Uh, Post Mickey Meltdown. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's a PMM. Yeah, I can't wait to take him to Disney World for a week. (laughs) Let's see how that goes. Uh, Hey, what's your first thing, though? My first thing is Missy Elliott. Oh, yeah. 
God, that's the good stuff right there. She has slowly over the past few years been reminding us that she is very much still a force. Oh, for sure. Because uh, her time period really peaked between like 1997 and 2005. And then she kind of went dark. And I feel like people kind of maybe forgot about Missy. Yeah. It, it, she had uh, Graves disease. Is that yes. what it called? And she yes. she sort of went in the background and was doing like production stuff for a while and then came back. Was the Super Bowl when she sort of like yes. reared her head? But, oh, God, that was so fucking good. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Missy Elliott, I think, I don't know actually if this new generation really knew about her, hmm. um, but I know she was very much a presence when we were growing up. Absolutely. Uh, so I had So Addictive, which was her 2001 album, and that was the one that had One Minute Man and Get Your Freak On. Like, <sighs> yeah. She was just inducted actually uh, last month into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, which is something you can only become eligible for after 20 years from your first commercial release. Wow. Uh, and so she is the first female rapper and the only other rapper besides Jay-Z to be inducted. That's kind of yeah. That's wild that there's not more rappers in the song. What the fuck else do you? Yeah, I, I think know. it's the longevity that's required. The 20 year career. Yeah, like maybe. You got to keep active for a long time before they'll let you in. Yeah, that's true. So I didn't realize like, you know, that like Missy Elliott guests on a lot of other tracks, but yes. I didn't realize that she has done a lot of writing for other artists, including Destiny's Child, Mariah Carey, Monica, NSYNC, Whitney Houston, uh, Aaliyah. Wow. Uh, Sierra and Janet Jackson. I, yeah, I knew she'd collaborated and, yeah. and done some production work. I didn't Writer, know producer. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's wild. She made her debut in 1993 because she helped write Raven Simone's de- debut single. That's what little <laughs> girls are made of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't incredible? heard that. I haven't heard that track, but I bet it slaps for sure. <laughs> she has written more than 500 songs uh, and has won five Grammy Awards and sold over 30 million records in the United States, which, Jeez. according to Billboard in 2017, made her the best-selling female rapper uh, ever. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. never. I, yeah. I, I had never thought of it that way. But I don't know who would come close to competing with that that body of work. Yeah. So she. I found this quote that I really liked from this story they did on her in 2017 in Elle magazine. It said, while other rappers were adversarial, making you feel broke or uncool or backed up against despair, Missy was inviting us to join her party. Others insulted us for listening, told us about what we didn't have, didn't own, and couldn't brag about. Whereas Missy said, forget who you are, forget what you heard, and come dance with me. Which I just think is like a really great way to summarize kind of her like emergence onto the scene. You know what I love the most about that is that there are other artists who like, I think conceptually try and do the same thing and none of them are nearly as like LMFAO, right? Is that the idea of, (laughs) I'm I'm making a serious point here, like the idea of party rock and like, come on, let's just get wild. And like a lot of the Black Eyed Peas stuff, uh, which is fine, but like it is sort of her whole ethos and also it's some of the best fucking like music ever. Yeah, and I think, I mean, part of what me like drew me back to her is just my interest in Lizzo. Like Lizzo is is obviously like people have noticed uh, lately when we were talking about her, she was kind of like becoming really popular. And now it's just like every month she has like a new incredible track Yeah, it's out. this uplifting and like I, positivity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just, I feel like Lizzo probably owes a lot to Missy Elliott for just like bringing forward this like female rapper who's just like positivity, like party starting yeah. In a big way. Yeah. Uh, I, Lizzo's blowing up right now, and I could not be fucking happy to see it. I, know, I, know. I feel like I've seen like five different Lizzo features come out in the last like two yeah. months. 
Uh, so she started out in high school and she just happened to know Timbaland and Pharrell Williams growing up. Okay. So like they used to like get together and start like playing songs together. That's awesome. When they were in high school. Um, but yeah, as you, as you mentioned, like she had all of these great albums, Super Duper Fly, uh, Under Construction. Which one had Lose Control? Lose Control was on the cookbook in 2005. Right. Uh, and that was her last album that came Before out. Before she, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to play a little bit of that. Fuck yeah. After the cookbook came out, she started to feel ill and suffer dizzy spells and have unexplained weight loss, which was a large part of her taking time off. And then she was diagnosed with the thyroid condition, Graves' disease. Everyone was talking about how much weight she lost, thinking it was like some big yeah. like fitness craze. And it's like actually the result of this illness she had. Yeah. Um, so what Griffin referenced uh, is that uh, in 2015, Katy Perry asked her to appear for two and a half minutes in the middle of the Super Bowl. And at that point, she hadn't released an album since Cookbook, and she was super anxious. Apparently, she was like having a panic attack the night before that required like medical care because oh, she shit. hadn't been like out in front yeah. of people. And then you're doing the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so she came out and sang samples of Get Your Freak On, Work It, and Lose Control. And then apparently 24 hours later, it was downloaded 20,000 times, hitting the number one spot on iTunes. Because yeah. everyone's like, you know, either they're like, who is this person? This is incredible. Or they're like, I haven't heard Missy Elliott in 10 years, yeah. and I super want to listen to her music again. Uh, so I also wanted to play some of her recent stuff so at this point she's in like her mid-40s but she's like slowly working her way back into the scene in january 2017 she came out uh with a track i'm better and before that she came out in 2015 with a single with pharrell called wtf so griffin i'll let you pick uh i'll play that i'm better track i listened to that today brand new flow whenever i DJ, bring that back. You ain't never heard a track like that. Shit might snap. Booty go clap. Roll up in the beans. Looking like a teen stack. When I rock, make it bop in my car. And it bang, bang, bang like go blah, So the other thing that was teased on her YouTube page in 2017 was a documentary about Missy Elliott. Yeah, I'm there. And they've, they've filmed some like testimonials from a lot of her collaborators and like so it looks like part of it has been filmed but it has not been released yet i do not know when it's going to be released day one day one i'm there day one. Oh, okay i thought you were trying to give me a hint as to when it was going to be released <laughs> it's like 2020 january 20 it's day one of the 2020 <laughs> olympics yeah i don't actually know but uh i'm very much looking forward to it i just like when i was listening to her music again preparing to talk about her there is there are no like there are no disappointment tracks no on, like ever she's incredible i love her and her her uh aesthetic is like nothing else that i've ever seen yeah. before uh, her her music videos are invariably buck wild start to finish like unforgettably yeah it's like unforgettably like strange and almost like um uh what's what's the word i'm looking for 
not combative, but there's a, there's an element yeah. of it that's just like, wow, you're really you're really coming after me. They all have that like <laughs> yeah. screen shake every time like the yeah. beat really drops. Where you're like, whoa, damn. And she has that like that um that growl she does on a yeah. lot of her tracks that just like always gets it's me so, so fucking good. Yeah, so hype. man, I love Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I do my first thing? Yes. My first thing is sectionals, sectional oh. sofas. I want to talk about sectional sofas, though. Yes. Griffin and I... Go ahead and and tell them. Okay. (laughs) So for years, we've been together. Mm. And we had not taken that step. No. As a couple. No. And then just recently, we said, we're ready. Let's do it. It's a big leap. A big leap. And... It's, it's good. It's changed. It's everything. really, really good. Uh, I'm all about like peak functionality from the furniture that I own. And just like you can't beat a sectional in that regard. Uh, and owning a sectional in my own house uh, is very exciting to me because actually uh, it, it's been a while since I've been a part of the sectional team. We had one in the house growing up. <gasps> I know. Oh, so jealous. When I was in middle school, we had this like back uh like storage room on the house uh, and like a backyard and we tore that out and put in a basketball court and a family room and in the family room we put a sectional sofa and it was dope it had so much stuff it had like a lounge section it had a fold down did it have the recliner uh yes it had two recliners it had a fold down like tray with cup holders in it it was out (laughs) of control this section it's like having like a little voltron it's like a little voltron and i don't know what we did before that 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 furniture because there were five of us yeah that's so like the, the traditional two couch sort of structure is going to be you know kind of a tight kind of a tight fit when we're all gathered up together watching who wants to be a millionaire on the couch <laughs> um it's got so much functionality and i i i love it and um so they, they became sort of in fashion and more common in the mid 20th century uh but sectionals uh as we know them now uh there is evidence of them actually being around in like like the early 19th century. Really? Uh, yeah. So uh, there was a three-piece sectional uh, found in Fredericksburg, Virginia that was dated back to uh, 1820 that had like the metal hooks to like hold it all together and uh, was obviously like a custom job. So like uh, a lot of these things could be found uh, among like wealthier households in the American South. Uh, and then during Civil War, like a lot of them were destroyed. Yeah, it's and, like you need enough space for a sectional. And enough money to have one custom built yeah. for you. And so like these wealthy people who are entertaining guests and stuff got got them made. But, you know, over time and during the Civil War, like most of them were uh, were destroyed. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not a like super modern invention. It was very much like the same thing it is now. Just this like sectionals are very much the Burger King of the furniture world because you can really have it your way, baby. Like you can when we were. (laughs) Should we should we pause a minute for that great joke you just made? Yeah, I guess. Now I feel I feel <laughs> naked. I feel exposed. Okay, continue. Uh, when we were shopping for our sectional, like there's just a menu of things you can choose from. You can have, you know, sofa sections. You can have the lounge, the sh- the chaise lounge. You can have a little love seat section. You can have the corner. The corner piece the is corner what does it. Is like is without it. a corner piece, it is it is just two couches. Or it could. I mean, the corner piece could also be like a little tray table, a little you know tray with cup holders. It can be a little media console. I think yeah. Justin, Justin, Sydney have one too and it's got like a little there's like folds down it folds down and there's a power outlet in it what the fuck 
fuck? Yeah. It's a couch. Uh, <laughs> you can get the recliners. You can get whatever. Um, and yeah, in more recent years, that's when we get the tech. That's when we get the cup holders. That's when we get the the cooled, powered cup holders and the, the media stuff inside it. Um, I just like, I enjoy getting a good lounge going. I enjoy yeah. making myself comfortable in the furniture that I know I'm going to spend a lot of time with. And sectionals just allow me to approach that grand quest in a different way every time i lie down on it mm-hmm. am i gonna like stretch out on that side of it or that side of it or like curl up in the corner or like lean up against the armchairs it really is like we have a new room within within a room in our house and it's, I, I find myself a lot of times thinking like i have all the space yes i have all the space now what am i going to do it's so optimal it's optimized for the space it's optimized for our space and we get more just raw seating power <laughs> out of the space that we already have because of that sweet corner section it's just it's all so good it's like bringing me closer to my dream of just a room that is all couch where you just kind of like step down into it and you're just like on the couch already and everybody can be on couch in the world i want to give the world a couch and tell them to take a freaking load <laughs> off for a bit i almost actually accomplished this dream in my bedroom with super bed which oh, i'm sure i've talked about before bed. which was two twin bed mattresses pushed together and wrapped in a california king sheet and it was so big in like the very small rooms i was living in in like batavia and chicago and i almost had that setup where you could just step foot into bedroom and you're in you're in bed already can you imagine? You're not as excited <laughs> about this idea as I am. Um, I yeah. just, I love a, I love it. I love a sectional. I do. It does make me, it's bittersweet because I feel like when I look at a sectional, I get this sense that humanity's like furniture evolution has like really slowed to a halt because what, what kind of new stuff are we bringing to the table post, post sectional? I don't know. I feel- I've seen sectionals where they, they do just what you're describing. They take what is basically like an ottoman piece yeah. and they put it right in the middle. That's great. So you got like a full. But that's still sectional. You know what I mean? Like I want new, I want a coffee table that, you know, also. Uh, you what can- if it was called the dimensional? Oh, right? shoot. And right? it folded up and you could have a bunk <laughs> sectional. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, babe. That's badass. All right. Um, hover- How about it? How about it, science? Yeah, come on, science. Where's my hover hover coffee table? That's what I want. <laughs> um, hey, let's talk about maximum fun oh, and the please. drive that we do. I guess, but you know, keeping it in fashion, I'm gonna steal you away. Can I tell you something unique about the Max Fun Drive opportunity? Please. It's not unusual, I would say, for a free program to say, hey, please support our network. Yes. But what we get to say is, hey, please support our show. Yeah. And other shows. Yeah. And you get to choose which shows you're supporting. Yeah, it's a very direct way. Whenever you make your, uh, you, you set up your monthly donation, you choose the shows that you want to support, and we get that money like directly. Uh, Max Fun takes a little portion of it to like help us, you know, sell ads and do a ton of other things that mm-hmm. uh, you know we could not live without. Um, but yeah, otherwise it goes directly to the shows you you listen to, and it's a great way to feel like a sense of like uh, belonging, not belonging, like ownership of the you know these experiences that you. Enjoy. It really is a community. Like anybody that has been a part of any of the max fun events or um 
you know, Reddit boards or Facebook groups, like we'll, we'll notice like there are a lot of like-minded folks that donate to Max Fun. Yeah. Um, also when you donate, you get badass gifts, mm-hmm. uh, at $5 a month, you get all the bonus content. So, uh, for us, that includes, uh, the, the Will Smith spectacular that we recorded this year. What did we do last year? Were we wonderful at this point last year? Last year. Yeah, we were. We were. I forget what we did, but I'm sure it was hysterical. <laughs> uh, but it's not just our show that you get the bonus content for. You, oh, was it the the interview with Jasmine? Was that last year? That was, no, that, that was, was Rose Buddies. Yeah. Uh, anyway. This but you is, get all that. You get all that. You get everything that every show has done like throughout time, all the bonus, bonus content. And it's like over a hundred hours. It's like a ton of stuff to go listen to. And that's just five bucks a month. Uh, and then 10 bucks a month, you get this beautiful pen. You tell you see in this pen. Okay, I'm seeing this pin. It is it is a hot dog. Yes. It says small wonders above it. Looks good. Has little stars on it. It's got little stars because you got to. Uh, you get this and you get a uh, Max Fun membership card and you get the, the bonus episodes at $10 a month. Um, if you're feeling frisky, how about this uh, puzzle though? Uh, I've never seen I've never seen so many dang pieces in one puzzle. <laughs> this 550 piece puzzle that you get at twenty dollars a month, uh, and the stuff that comes before it. You get the you get the um, you know the pin and you get the card and you get the episodes. Yeah, it's a whole tiered system. Yeah, it's a whole pyramid. Everything scheme. comes along I mean, for the ride. Oh shoot! <laughs> they say specifically not to say no. It's not a pyramid scheme. Uh, it's a way of supporting us that we we really really appreciate. You were a donor to the network before you had a show on the network, right? Oh, for sure. I was. Yeah, I was a donor before we were even married. Whoa, mm-hmm. that's true dedication. Had to, to get cause. that bonus content. Man. Had to get it. I really yeah. wanted up in there. We've made some pretty buck wild stuff uh mm-hmm. across all of our our shows um so yeah you, you can get some cool stuff but you know if if that doesn't sound interesting to you just the the knowledge that you are helping us grow and um uh try and do more stuff because again like everything we're doing now is because of the because of the support you've shown us through the over the past yeah and i would encourage you and this is something we talk about if you um have been donating and have since, you know, increased your your income level and increased your enjoyment of other shows on the network, I would encourage you to consider upgrading. Yeah. Uh, or if you're a donor and uh, maybe your like credit card stuff has changed and your donation has lapsed, you know, get think about like fixing that up. That's like a natural thing that happens for every sort of uh, recurring donation thing like this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're trying to get up to 25,000 new or upgrading monthly members and we, you know, need your help to to match that goal um so thank you all so much for considering it thank you to all the donors who are already out there and um uh yeah should we get on get on with the business yes what's your second thing second thing sunglasses hey okay these are the these are the dark glasses these are the dark glasses you wear yeah 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 they look pretty cool they make you look like you know who i always think of when i see the sunglasses Uh terminator oh see i thought you were gonna say the men in black no, the Terminator did it first. Terminator, did you know this? Terminator came out before Men in Black, and he was the first one with sunglasses. They made him for that movie. <laughs> That's not what my notes say. Uh, well, tear up your notes, because I'm here to tell you the dang truth about it, and it's that the Terminator made the sunglasses to protect his robot eyes. <laughs> uh, the very first sunglasses were created by the Inuit people. As slices of walrus ivory cut within slits to keep out the sun. 
Okay. So not glass. No. Like just like a circular piece of ivory that just has a little slit cut out in the middle. Can I say something? And this mm-hmm. is not a joke. I bet those look fucking badass. Yeah, I bet, I bet they, they do look too. super, super cool. Glasses featuring dark lenses came about in 12th century China. Holy shit. Yeah. The glasses we know today that have like the different tints, mm-hmm. like blue and green, different tints came out in the 18th century. And it was focused more on, um, elderly people uh because it helped create contrast interesting Uh, so if your vision was failing this was like a way to create contrast and make it easier to see where you were going i always just thought it was like a stylistic choice no actually i have an even uh an even deeper cut here okay early tinted glasses were also used as an accessory for those who suffered from syphilis what there were two telling symptoms of syphilis. One was light sensitivity and the other was one's nose rotting off. Oh, God. So to fix this, there was a pair of round, dark glasses that had a metal nose covering okay. that people would wear. I feel like I've seen these. Yeah. I feel like I saw these in like a museum or something. Yeah. That's a that's what that's a little rough for to, me to cover up your whole your whole face your whole yeah part. yeah uh, that's yeah that's ru- hey Rachel uh-huh. hey yeah. hey that's rough I know no it's very rough that one's rough so when they became cool mm-hmm. was when movies started. Well, hold on, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I would argue that from the moment that a, a, an Inuit person made these dope ass ivory slit sunglasses, <laughs> they started being cool immediately right then. Yeah, um, but I guess you couldn't like you couldn't go to stores and, and choose from a selection of. of maybe you could have. Maybe, you don't, you yeah, don't freaking you know, know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to do like some kind of travel through time. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure to figure that one out. Yeah. Not only were movie stars using them to disguise themselves, the lights used on film sets and cameras were extremely powerful and harsh flash bulbs even contain magnesium. Oh, yeah. I know all about that. This really hurt your eyes out there on the, the red <sighs> yeah. carpet. When we were shooting the um, the TV show, it was just mm-hmm. like the bright lights were, mm-hmm. I felt like a big moth or something. I thought it was weird that you were using 1920s cameras, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, you, it really comes across, I think, in the final product. <laughs> we wanted to be authentic you know <laughs> all this digital when it's digital you can't even no, fucking feel it no i want that old dirty <laughs> film um at the end of the 1920s sunglasses became a full-blown fashion accessory sam foster created the first iteration of mass-produced sunglasses as we know them today and he started selling them out on the beach in atlantic city it really seems like somebody should have hopped on this one if we were doing this shit back in like 13th century or 12th century yeah, but or whatever. it wasn't fashion you know I once it was fashion guess. people wanted a pair i bet it was always fashion but people were too scared to make it fashion you know what i mean like i bet there were people who were looking at these like dope ass syphilis nose glasses and being like they look so cool yeah but there's a stigma i know yeah in 1936 what if that stigma was still there and like <laughs> terminator puts his sunglasses on and people are like does he have syphilis what's going on <laughs> why would he do that what was that in 1936, Edward Land was one of the founders of Polaroid, and he invented polarized glasses. And then Ray-Ban created the classic aviators, which gained infamy after being used by pilots who wore them during wartime in the 1940s, which allowed sunglasses to cross over into menswear. I've never Isn't underst- that interesting to think about, though? Like it is that kind it of. was kind of when all the like female actresses were wearing it, they were like, "Oh, it's like a woman's thing," and then um, all of a sudden. 
big the, big the pilots warp, are wearing yeah. them and men are like oh cool me too i mean war did that for like the the two world yeah. wars did that for like so many oh, things actually a lot of things like with fashion like different textiles and stuff like that but i think the the great thing about sunglasses is that you can wear them uh and look cool and they're also really important in pr- protecting your eyes because the sun really can give you all sorts of like damaging eye conditions the like. sun i like sun mm-hmm. i like sun and i need sun to you know Stay happy and keep my skin, uh, you know, keep my skin looking looking fresh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you stay inside, you get that D deficiency and, you know, the eczema, the eczema. Um, <laughs> but the sun also can, the sun will do some tricky yeah. shit from time to time. can really like, you know, it can like degrade your vision and, and give you like, you know, tumors. and Hurt and the skin, yeah. Horrible things in there. So um, sunglasses. Mixed, mixed it, bag, the sun, I'd say. It's, it's nice that sunglasses give you an option to like, you know, protect yourself and, and look cool doing it. Do you remember being young and having a pair of sunglasses that meant a lot to you? Oh, because I've got a story. Oh, um, I mean, I had some of those like John Lennon style sunglasses when I was in middle school that I was real excited about. Uh, but that's kind of the extent of my story. Okay. I have one that was at uh, Centrifuge, which was a church camp I went to in uh, North Carolina, I believe. What's mm-hmm. up, all my other Fugers? I uh, just had a, having a good time. I think I went there like three years or in a row every time our, our church youth group went. And one year I had a pair of sunglasses that I thought were so badass um, that I wanted the nickname Shades. And I wanted people... <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'd done that a previous year, but I wanted people, I wanted to try on Andy for size since Andrew's my middle name. I just wanted to see like what that felt like and that oh didn't catch gosh. on. And then I guess it was just my impression that going to church camp, I could be a new man for yeah. the week that we were there. Um, <laughs> and so I tried shades on for size. And I think like the bunk master or whoever, like leader of the youth group that I was uh, bunking with uh, was like, you can't. Uh, give yourself your own nickname, Griffin. That's not how that. Sorry, shades. That's just not how that works. <laughs> I just your your statement about being a new man just made me think of an idea, and I want to get it out there in okay. case anyone does it. Uh, Hamilton parody based on church camp. Oh, okay. In church camp, you can be a new man. Yeah, that's really just, good. Just wanted to put that out in the world in case anyone takes it. I want everyone to know. Take it and run first. with it. Um, also, sunglasses brought you and I together, and I think that that's the most that's important so thing. That's so true. Done. Yeah, I gave you that pair of sunglasses at South by Southwest. Yeah, the first time we met Rachel, I was I didn't have any sunglasses, and we were at I think Liberty Bar seeing Sandra Leche, I think, at a concert, yeah. and uh, you had a pair of Mike's, Mike's Hard, hard Punch. Lemonade. Yeah, yeah. This, this. You actually offered me a, a red pair and an orange pair, uh-huh, and I we, literally orange. first words you ever spoke to me were uh-huh. offering me these sunglasses, and I took I the. I took you the, were squinting. I was squinting, and uh, yeah. Those were special sunglasses that I lost during some move. I, I feel thought bad you were going to talk about when you said sunglasses. Or I thought you were going to talk about the goggles that you and Evan Minsker had, where you popped out one of the lenses. Those were sunglasses, so I'm not going to embarrass myself twice on the same <laughs> podcast. But yes, I did have Hot Topic goggles. <laughs> they were red. My friend Evan got a green pair, and then we popped. Do you want me to call each. you Shades, Griffin? I think I'd like that a lot. I can call you Shades. shades. Try Andy. 
Andy. No, no, I don't like Andy. I don't like Andy for you, but I like shades. And I think if your oldest brother, Justin, can go buy hoops, you can definitely go buy shades. Hoops, shades, and then Travis is going to need something. I mean, he has scraps. Yeah. I mean, we all have our own family nicknames. Mm. But uh, hey, can I do my second thing? Yes, please. Weird. Al Yankovic. Oh, good. I was, yeah, somebody needed to do it. It's like... It's like we have a closet in our house full of things that we love. Yes. And there are certain things that really need to be mentioned yeah. and pulled out every once in a while of that closet. Yeah. And Weird Al is one of them. And, and usually whenever we talk about a musician, like we play music, I don't think I need to play music during this segment because A, like I don't know how I would pick the song that I would play. Only if you can find like a lesser known Weird Al track. Yeah, I don't know. And then <laughs> uh, like if, if I don't know, everybody's already heard all of these songs. I just want to talk about Weird Al Yankovic because I think he's the best. I've been uh, listening to, there's an episode of Hollywood Handbook that just came out that he's oh, the I guest heard. on. And it is uh, hysterically funny. Um, and so, yeah, I love Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, the, just his sort of creative drive and also ethos and also music. When what's I was a your kid, first, yeah, what's your first Weird Al exposure? Because I remember mine. Uh, I mean, holy shit. It was probably Amish Paradise is like, I mean, no, like, so my first like exposure to Weird Al, and yeah. this is going to sound like I'm trying to be a hipster, but it's not because I grew up in a weird like comedy cult household, uh, was Dr. Demento. There's this radio show called Dr. Demento that uh, was syndicated out of Southern California where just this very eccentric man uh, named Dr. Demento would just play weird shit on on the radio yeah. and i think we had them on like cassette tape or something like that and i don't know if my dad is the one who procured those working at a radio station himself but we would listen to them and uh they would play all kinds of weird stuff on it and then uh that's actually where weird al got his start dr demento came to uh it was like 1970 something um and uh dr demento went to weird al's high school to do a talk oh my and gosh Uh, Weird Al was like doing his thing already at the time. And he was like uh, playing at coffee shops. I didn't uh, know this story. Why isn't there a Weird Al documentary? There is, but it's like a parody documentary and made it like 20 years ago. Um, (laughs) So so he came to Weird Al school and Weird Al like gave him a tape of some of his original songs. And Dr. Demento liked them and started playing them on the air. Um, And so like he got a a start like super, super young. When he was in college, he had a radio show. I think he was studying architecture at the time um he had a radio show and like people were already calling him weird al because uh, for obvious reasons and so he like used that as his like radio persona um and do you know what his first like big hit was do you know what his first like song to get uh released on an album was was it eat it no long before eat it uh the knack came out with my sharona and he did a cover of it called my bologna uh (laughs) that he sent to dr demento who like loved it and started playing it all the time um and then uh just uh, it was kismet the uh lead singer for the knack uh liked it a lot he like heard the song and he liked it he sent it to Capitol records who was their record label and they actually like signed weird al for six months uh and released my bologna as As like uh, a kid as like a single I mean, he was in college, but like he still, still, he was, he was pretty young. And then like his shit just like took off. Uh, and it 
he like continued to just constantly crank stuff out uh, for the next, you know, three and a half decades. He's just like been on his grind since, you know, the late 70s. That's wild to me, the consistency yeah. with which he's been able to do this. Uh, he did the Al TV specials for MTV. Did you ever watch any of those? I did, yeah. God, those were so, so, f- I was obsessed with those. Um, he, you know, released a ton of albums. He's also won five Grammys when, he heard, when I heard you say that about Missy Elliott, <laughs> who also started in high school and won five Grammys. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's wild. Um, he won, actually won this year. Uh, he released a compilation set called Squeeze Box. And oh. it, won, it won for, and I did not know this was a category, Best Boxed or Special Limited Edition Package. Yeah. Uh, which was amazing. He made UHF, the movie UHF, which mm-hmm. I have not watched in quite some time, but I was yeah. absolutely obsessed with when I was a little kid. Uh, he's written children's books. Uh, he has. Oh, we have to get some of those. I know. I think he's written two children's books. Uh, he's like done VO and guest spots and like a ton of different shows. Uh, he had his own like kids television show for a while that you can find like episodes of uh, online that he was are in the My Brother, so My Brother and Me show. Yeah, so like I'm I am maybe biased a bit because <laughs> he was on our TV show. Uh, Travis, uh, this is a true story. We were filming the last episode and it was the last like it was the day before we recorded the live show which was the last thing we shot that was our our champagne shoot as they they call it in the industry (laughs) um and travis like disappeared for a whole day and we had no idea why until the live show when he revealed that uh, he had gone to i believe cincinnati where weird al was doing a show and got weird al to do a cameo and i was so pissed off (laughs) i wanted to meet weird al and i don't know why travis got to do the segment and i didn't but um (laughs) yeah he's also like he's been a director for music videos for a ton of different people like uh, he did a video for Hanson he did a video for presidency United States of America which is nice and cyclical because he did um he did Gump which was a parody oh, of uh, yeah. Lump uh he did a video for Ben Folds I think it was well, it might have been Rock in the Suburbs uh that which he had a music video I just for. watched that video the other day he, he's released over 150 songs both like parody and original songs across his albums and has sold uh over 12 million albums uh, I just like you have to appreciate his productivity and um, it, I just feel like it's really remarkable. I feel like it's hard not to appreciate his body of work unless you're one of the people who <laughs> he parodied and did not necessarily appreciate it. Uh, the most high profile sort of issue, the most high profile uh, tete-a-tete he ran into it, with this situation was with Coolio uh, after the release oh, of Amish Paradise. I forgot about that. Um, basically, the long story short, uh, Coolio's record label the, that that uh, represented him when Amish Paradise came out um, said that he was fine, told Weird Al, like, he's fine with you doing the parody song. And so he did Amish Paradise and it was this huge hit. And then Coolio claims that, like, I never actually gave permission for this. Um, and it, luckily, like, no big legal, like, nasty legal battle happened. Um, but he, they did start paying him royalty payments for the song. Um, and then later on, they, they, they squashed the beef at, uh, CES 2006. Uh, there was like some, (laughs) some event that they were at where apparently they, they managed to get over it. And then in 2014, actually, Coolio was in an interview and they asked him about it and he was actually like really remorseful. He was very like, he, he was talking about how like he was just, you know, acting like a big shot and how he was like being really cocky when yeah. like he should have just embraced it. Uh, and he said that actually he thought the show, the, the song was quote, funny as shit, <laughs> which I really love. Uh, and other artists have just like flat out refused to give him permission to use their work. Like uh, Prince, like he kept coming to Prince, like, please 
God. I have a thing for Kiss. I have a thing for 1999. Please, please, please. And Prince <laughs> was like, no, no, you're not going to do it. Uh, there was Paul McCartney, of course, that's never really. And a lot of these people, like Paul McCartney's like, I'm a fan of Weird Al Yankovic, but I don't want him to touch my songs. Yeah. Uh, and, and Eminem. One time he got permission from James Blunt. Uh, and his record label, Atlantic Records, to do a cover of You're Beautiful, uh, which is called You're Pitiful. And he wrote it and he recorded it and prepared to put it on an album. And then Atlantic Records uh, rescinded their permission and said, like, nope, you uh, oh. you can't do it. But James Blunt was still cool with it. So he started just doing it at live shows. And <laughs> uh, he, like, released it on MySpace to get around it. There's a picture of him that I found while researching this, uh, playing a concert in during that era. I think it was, like, 2000. Oh, shit. I don't know when this song came out. But it, he's just wearing a bright yellow shirt that says Atlantic Records sucks on it, <laughs> uh, which is pretty great. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I admire, like, how much juice he's got like i admire how much how many different disciplines he's like tapped into and his productivity like that is my absolute shit like that's the kind of thing i really admire in an artist um and also like he's he seems like the best dude but also like nobody else has been able to write funny parody songs consistently no it's true like he's the only he's literally the only one out there who has made a career out of this thing that i can think of i think i think it's like it seems deceptively easy i think people I think a lot of people like hear it and think like, oh, I could do that. But like, no, there's no way. There's, there's no, no way. You can and like do make that. it good. Like those those songs stand on their own. That's what I think is kind of incredible. It's like a lot of people write parody songs that like, you know, are only really good if you like know the source material. Yeah. But like his songs like stand on their own as good songs. By themselves. Yeah. There's you know? a sense of there the the sense of humor of those songs is not limited to um, I'm going to write some uh, his songs rarely make fun of the source material yeah. right which I feel like a lot of parody like people who try to write parody songs like fall prey to they have there's a joke that is its own thing that exists within the body of the work and also like his uh, his polka medleys that I loved his like his uh, his parodies but the polka medleys that he included on every album yeah. like that was my absolute <laughs> shit I would listen to those so much and then uh, he actually just released a, a new one either last year or the year before of Hamilton the Hamilton polka yeah, it's so uh, incredible. which is so incredibly good um, yeah I don't know I just uh, I do not I don't listen to his stuff as much anymore right but uh, yeah. it's it, like so many things that we talk about on this show but uh when you look back at like the the three and a half decades of work that he has done and how much he has done and uh how much quality he brought in being the only artist representing this entire genre in the universe like i feel like his career is one of the most sort of spectacular of any musician how hard he must have worked because if you think about him sitting in a room with like labels and saying, okay, so I have this thing that I do. And also I play the accordion on it. Yeah. And also I'm going to keep wearing my hair like this and keep wearing these glasses and keep wearing these shirts. And there's really nothing you can do about well, it. Well, there, there was the big <laughs> controversy. Uh, I think it was around the Poodle Hat or like one of those early, early aughts, late 90s albums where he got LASIK surgery done when like LASIK was still like super early. Oh. And so he lost the like Coke bottle glasses and shaved his mustache and let his hair like grow out super long, which is like his current look. Uh, and people freaked the fuck out. <laughs> people lost their minds. It's like when Dylan went electric. It's like, what is this? Yeah. Who are you? And he had this famous quote back then that was like, uh, if Madonna's allowed to change her look every 15 minutes, I think I'm allowed to change mine every 20 years. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, he's the best. He's the best. Uh, and yeah, I just, I really, I really admire Weird Al. And I know a lot of people who do, and there's a damn good reason for it. Yeah. Um, we want to talk about the Max Fun Drive just a little bit more before we let you go uh, and talk about our, our fan submissions from home. If you wouldn't mind us trying to make the hard sales pitch just one more time. Uh, I mean, Max Fun Drive's two weeks, so we're going to talk about it next Maybe week, Maybe we too, can but... do it in funny voices. Yeah, like we'll do a Weird Al parody because it's so <laughs> easy. Uh, and we'll do it to the t- – what song is hot? Right? We can do it to a Missy Elliott song. So it'll be like, um, you got money? We need money. Put your money down on Maximum f- – Mm, we're close we're We're really close close. um yeah i want to talk about some of the other pledge uh donation levels do you do you have them on your phone maybe you could uh maybe you could uh put these put this down on the wax as they say okay so griffin told you about the pin he told you about the puzzle yes what he didn't tell you is the glass coffee mug yes at 35 dollars a month you get a glass coffee mug engraved with the max fun rocket logo it's a dope logo you also get the puzzle you get the pin you get the bonus content Mm -hmm. you get the membership card you get the satisfaction Mm -hmm. and i appreciate the glass coffee mug because one year i think they did um uh shot glasses and i know not everybody enjoys a shot but i don't know anyone that doesn't enjoy a hot beverage i love shot glasses and i have not done a shot since 2007 Uh, if you are able to pledge at the $50 a month level, you get a metal engraved maximum membership card personalized with your name. In addition to the mug, the puzzle, you get everything. the pin. There's, there's higher levels too. If you are really, uh, really feeling it and you have the means, but like whatever you are able to give, we, we hear sometimes from people who are like, sorry, I could only do $5 a month. And like, you don't understand how like meaningful your yes. your support is in any way shape or form um we we have been able to to grow and uh do things with these shows that i don't think we ever thought we were gonna do if it weren't for these shows i don't know what the fuck i'd be doing like mm-hmm. uh I, well, I guess i'd still be like you know writing video game news which actually when i put it that way you know either either way would have been okay but I'm like this version a lot more, I yeah, think. Yeah, but I Griffin, Griffin has has nice equipment now uh, that gets you this great sound quality. Yeah, got these um, bright ass keycaps. He's got software that allows him to do the the home improvement stingers that we all love so much. Yeah, that's pretty DIY. <laughs> I wouldn't bring those up. I really scotch tape those together. <laughs> I've got this nice metal folding chair that I sit on now. That's, oh, we got to talk about folding <laughs> chair. Do you know that one cost me like nine dollars at Tart? No, this some of this equipment is like quite quite expensive. The mics we use and the you know the sound we interface do that without your support yeah um so y- your show has a y- your your support has a direct and material impact on these shows so if if you, these shows have meant something to you over the years and you have the means we would love your support at maximumfund.org slash donate help us hit that twenty five thousand uh, new and upgrading member goal and um feel this like the sense of satisfaction that you get when you uh, support the things you love um what's that link again one more time it's maximumfund.org slash donate it's a good web address that you can go to and help us so you want to hear some submissions from yes, our friends at please. home okay i got some good ones this week uh here's one from beckett who says uh i work in an air and space museum and a couple days a week i'm out on the floor with a table full of meteorites people can hold and learn about my absolute favorite thing is watching people's faces when i hand them what looks like a regular old golf ball sized rock and telling them it's over 4.5 billion years old the look of interest and awe on their faces makes me so happy and a lot of the times they'll start asking more and more questions about space and meteorites that's so cool yeah 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of rocks are old, but apparently meteorites are the most old rocks. And I like that. I like that, too. Uh, Here's one from Lauren who says, my wonderful thing is pinball. It's how me and my boyfriend met, and we play in a weekly league where we've met lots of amazing new friends who share our love of this cool and skillful game. You just can't beat that feeling of nailing a hard shot or beating your own high score on a machine. I love the idea of a pinball league. Yeah. I bet they exist all over. I bet there's one in Austin. There are so many like pinball things that I I enjoy, but I have no idea like what techniques and tricks there are. Yeah. It would be awesome to like have a group of people that like help you I'm figure that so stuff terrible. out. I'm so bad at pinball. I wish I was good at it. I see. I don't think you're so bad. I just think you're used to being really good at games. Yeah, that's maybe true. <laughs> uh, here's the uh, last one from Kyle who says, my small wonder is shuffling cards. I love the feeling of cards slipping into each other into my hands uh, and think the distinct snapping sound shuffling makes. feels great to hear. Also, fun fact, uh, 52 factorial is such an astronomically large number that each time you pick up a deck of well-shuffled cards, uh, you are holding a unique combination that very likely never existed before and will never exist again. Just one more wonderful thing about shuffling cards. That's the best. It's very good. These I love my special so cards. They good. Club bangers, right? When people want to send submissions, where do they do it? They can do it at uh, wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, we got lots of time because we're recording this like three weeks in advance before we head out uh, on the on the cruise. So get those in, get your donations in at maximumfund.org slash donate. Thanks to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. Find a link to that in the episode description. Um, and you want to talk about some of the shows you're listening to on the Maximum Fun Network, as long as we're uh, talking about them and supporting them and stuff? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I want to mention ones that I haven't talked about a lot. Friendly Fire is a great one. Um, this is John Roderick. Yeah, let's say you like the Flophouse because you like hearing people talk about movies. Well, Friendly Fire, they do that, but explicitly with war movies, yeah. uh, which I know a lot of people love. Can I recommend Beef and Dairy Network? I think that show is fucking hysterical. It is so funny. If you've never listened to it, try listening to one episode. It'll blow your mind. It is a very, very good show about uh, secret beef innovations, uh, beef rumors, uh, uh, dairy secrets, just a lot of really great stuff (laughs) in Beef and Dairy Network. It's hysterical. Uh, Yeah, there's a ton of shows on the network you can show your support to now. And um, yeah, our website's macro.family. Got new stuff going up on there all the time. And uh, that's it. You want to take us out? (laughs) With our signature farewell. Here it comes from Rachel McElroy. Keep your toes pointed forward. Okay. And your elbows pointed back. Yeah. So I'm in this sort of diving position. And now (laughs) now where am I supposed to go? And turn your head. Okay. Towards the sky. Is this yoga? (laughs) Maybe I've never done it, but it's that I feel like this. I feel like you're making me do yoga. (laughs) Okay. Now what? Now I can't see what's coming in front of me that my toes are looking at. And I'm going to boop you on the nose. Ow. Ow. Till next week. How'd you do that? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.